Overalls, what up? Greatest thing is to know. You guys miss me or what? Because I miss you guys for real. Ooh. Got a lot to get into. I don't know if we can get to it all though. Know it alls. Welcome back to another episode of the Greatest Thing Is to Know podcast. The podcast where if you don't know, you don't know. But when you know. The greatest thing is to know. I'm your host, Deny. Don't deny it, Wilson. And I like to think of myself as the host who is passionate about the bigger picture. So um, let's just get right into it. Where you been tonight, right? <laughs> it's just been, um, there's, that's been the, the common theme over the last uh, uh, few months. Um, honestly, I didn't feel like it went, like, I didn't realize how long it's been since I put out an episode, right? Um, I guess life is kind of um, happening and uh you know a lot there was a lot of changes and i would say that this is probably uh somewhat of a transition period for me so like i don't think everything was just super settled and um you know there were a lot of moving parts right so i was just trying to get my mind right and and kind of just clearing the cobwebs a little bit and um you know i'm back at chicago now so um that's happened so i'm no longer in atlanta um you know a lot of you guys know, if you know me personally, you know, I just, uh, I ended uh, a relationship um, where um, I had mentioned on here a little bit that certain things were happening, but um, yeah, the relationship ended, so um, I'm kind of like starting fresh and starting new, and, and being back in Chicago is, is, is good because I'm around, back, around my people and um, f- friends and family and, and people that, that really care about me, so um, being back, back here is cool, I mean... You know, I'm really dreading the winter because I haven't really experienced a a winter in Chicago in, what, three years almost? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's the only thing um, I'm really kind of dreading a little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, I'm grateful to be back. And um, we'll see how, because I, I work remotely too. So as soon as it gets cold enough, you'll catch me somewhere warm. <laughs> right so i could just take my laptop and, and be out and 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 work from probably jamaica honestly spend maybe a month maybe two out there we'll see um but really again over the last few months i've just been trying to get back to me and 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 finding that place of like contentment in a way not like relaxed or anything but just being back in a place where i feel like um, I'm doing things for, for myself and, and focusing on me, generally speaking, right? So, um, yeah, like I said, I've been working remote. I actually started a new, at a new new company recently, Yelp. Um, it's, been, it's been cool. Uh, <laughs> a lot of calls, a lot of people hanging up, um, it, but it is a sales job. And it's, it's fun nonetheless, man. It's nice and challenging. Um, I just closed my first deal the other day, actually. So let me go ahead and give myself a, a round of applause here. It's tough, but it's cool. <laughs> um, some of the crazy people you get to talk to on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, and seeing what's, what's really impo- like crazy to me is, is how <clears throat> efficiently this company runs remotely. I would say that it's probably 90% remote for everybody in the company, right? And the way they have like the Google suite set up and, 
and meetings that are scheduled and, and, you know, everybody kind of just locked in. And it does suck, I will say, that to be in front of your computer all day for eight hours a day, but um, how efficiently this stuff runs and, you know, getting people set up through like HR and and managers and, and teammates and all that. So it's crazy, but it's still, it's really a good, good environment. If it's fun. It's, it's weird. The culture there, some of the best training I've ever had. Um, the culture is just like super relaxed and, and laid back, but you know, we work in sales. So we're, we're kind of like the, the people that really have to, to kind of push and, and hit those numbers and, and, and essentially hit quotas. But, um, that's something more personally that I think that each of us have to kind of like really focus on um, or really keep in at the forefront of what we do. Because if you don't, if you don't uh, go out there and hunt, as they say, you, you're not going to eat. How are you going to eat? Right. So um, it's been it's been cool and, and challenging. But, you know, I could definitely see myself getting up, like I said, once it gets cold and gloomy and, you know, <laughs> Uh, 7.30 in the morning, dark and all that, getting up and, and going where where the sun shines. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we'll uh, break down a little bit more over time. Like, I don't even – things will pop up in my head when, what, what, I, uh, what I've been doing over the last few few months. But um, I got stories for you guys, man. You guys know I love a good story, but I just don't feel, feel ready to, to tell them yet. And um, But I got, I got you guys. I'm I'm back. I'm reloaded. I'm ready. I think this is episode 41, so we're we're almost at 50. Um, we're gonna we're gonna fly through those. I I I feel it already, guys. So uh, it should be fun, and I and I'm happy to be back. So let's get into the first topic. No dolls. Okay, so first topic: R. Kelly guilty, right? Not in the court of public opinion. Um, in actual court, right? Like. R. Kelly was found guilty of sexual exploitation, bribery, racketeering, racketeering, and sex trafficking, including, I think they said five victims, something like that. And he's looking like he's facing, what, life behind bars, something like that? Something crazy. So, yeah, he's like, it's crazy because he's been guilty in court of public opinion for, for a long time, right? Um, and the court's finally catching up to that after, you know, the surviving R. Kelly doc that came out a couple years ago, which I've never seen. Um, I will say that it was, you know, kind of tough to to see all of all of those um, people come on there and kind of tell their story one after the other, and and you're just like, oh my, like, <laughs> you know, this is overwhelming. So I never really got into it that deep, um, but. But for it to finally catch up to him, it, which is, is is crazy because again we we've known, you know he's been a pretty sick individual for quite a while. Uh, music, I can't. I mean, are we going to deny that he's he's still one of the greatest to ever do it? I don't think you can do that, right? That's that's one of those things that I think is just set in stone, um, where the the music and the the sickness kind of cross paths. You know, you that's the only thing that. For me, sometimes you listen to some songs and you're like, uh, what, what was your, your inspiration on that, right? So, uh, yeah, he's been, he's been found guilty. And I think that he still is going to be facing char- charges in another, maybe in Illinois, but this one was, was stemmed out of New York. So 
I don't think that's even done too with um, his overall kind of <laughs> problems, right? Uh, what's what's next? He's got what's interesting, and I'll get into my R. Kelly story a little bit. Uh, yeah, relax, guys. I'm not talking <laughs> like I don't have an R. Kelly story, but I'll tell you about the time um, when uh, R. Kelly and I came came across paths. Uh, but what's interesting is that over the last, I don't know what, couple weeks, his music has been soaring over 500, 500% in people listening to it. All right, so people are streaming. His albums are, are being streamed, um, which is, you kind of see this a lot of times. Like if like a, a rapper or somebody ends up passing away or whatever, you see their numbers start going up. This is interesting because over... Over the last year, his music has really, really, from actually from September 27th, not even the last year, September 27th to October 3rd, the week following his conviction, his on-demand audio streams were up 22%, while his video streams were up 23% compared to the previous seven days. And you would wonder, like, <laughs> okay, are these people just now kind of realizing who R. Kelly is or are they just more on a nostalgic thing where they're just like, oh man, R. Kelly, R. Kelly, R. Kelly is in their head, right? And they're, they're like, okay, I remember, I believe I can fly. I can go listen to that. Um, I remember the the world's greatest. Uh, let me go watch that video. Um, you know, it depends. It, it It's it's interesting. And when what's more uh, recently that happened, YouTube took down all his videos now, right? So he doesn't have a channel on YouTube anymore. Um, I think Spotify and Apple Music still have his catalog on there. Um, so, yeah, it's always like a, a weird thing, right? And I don't think this is one of those people that um, did the the whole make sure I get my master's type of thing. So, like, even his music being streamed, he's not getting majority of any of that money, right? So I don't think he owns his master's, which is kind of probably why he... I don't want to say in this situation, but probably could have afforded better lawyers, <laughs> right? Because um, who knows? I don't know, but I know he, he's not getting paid like he like he should off of the music, right? Because I mean, it is his his intellectual property. So my R. Kelly story. So a lot of you guys may know, but some of you guys may not know is that when I was younger, I was in a an R. Kelly music video, right? I was in the world's greatest, right? I think it was around October 2001, somewhere around there. So I was in like fifth grade and something like that. I barely started doing any of this child acting or modeling. My mom, who was just a ringleader in all this, told me that I I had an audition for an R. Kelly music video, right? And at this point, I was a kid. I don't know anything about, you know, his previous life. I don't know um, really much, but I know there's songs like, I believe I can fly from obviously that was a space jam soundtrack. And I, I think the, <laughs> the one that was like, I remember that video coming on um, the, the download video with uh, Ron Isley, right? Good morning, Mr. Big and all that stuff. So, but I'll never forget the day I got that call and I, and I um, went on the audition and, and it was like a group audition. You don't sometimes, I mean, Sometimes they're a group audition. Sometimes they're just like an individual audition. And this was a group audition, right? And it was me and I would say probably like six or seven other 
kids my age. And um, I remember being in there and it was just like they asked us to say this or do this or whatever. And it was cool. Like I remember I was ecstatic. I thought it went, I thought it went well. Right. I'm telling my friends, I don't even think I get this. I don't even think I get the part at this point, but I'm like telling my friends like, you know, I'm going, I'm going to be in this R. Kelly music video. So-and-so and everybody's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. So-and-so. Um, but then I get the call back and I just remember just being like <laughs> super happy. Right. And like, this is, in Chicago, uh, I think we were living on the north side in, like, Little India on Devon. Devon and Rockwell. Yeah, we used to live in. <laughs> Yo, we used to have this freaking landlord over there, man. There was, it was this wild-ass um, Indian lady, man. <laughs> Her name was Faiza Khan. Just wild. I mean, they would just make so much noise. And, oh, my God, the smells. The smells of them cooking on a hot summer day. And it's just pouring through the wood floors, right? And you're just like, oh, my God. But that whole block, I mean, that whole area it had to, like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. But if you're ever on the north side of Chicago and you, you're there in the summer, keep an eye out for, like, the Indian festivals, right? And they will have them just rocking up and down the uh, Devon. And it's changed a lot. I actually just drove by there recently. But um, I remember being in that apartment. And when, I got, when we got the call back that I got the part, right? And... If you guys know the video, there is, there's me, who was like the lead kid who who asked for the autograph, and then there was my two friends that I showed the autograph to once I got it, right? But I remember being there on set, and it just being like this long wait. We waited two full days. It was like two 14-hour days. We get there super early, and... At the end of the third day, I believe, is when we actually do my part, right? But this whole time, the two days leading up to it, it's like, you know, they're kind of getting you ready. They're kind of getting you ready um, in costume, and um, everybody's waiting on R. Kelly, basically. I remember the first day, everybody was waiting on R. Kelly, and he doesn't get there for like... I don't know, I could have been there for maybe six or seven hours, right? But he, I remember him walking in, and this dude's jacked. Like, he's in really good, good shape, I just remember. Because, you remember, it's it's the the song was um, the soundtrack for the Ali movie. The, the Will Smith Ali movie, yeah. The Will Smith Ali movie, and... You know, Ali, like, obviously Will Smith did a fantastic job in there, but they played off of that, and, you know, he's the boxer. And during the time, this is, again, October 2001, so the theme of the video is just, obviously it's a really feel-good song, right? But the theme of the video is everybody's kind of coming together, police officers, um, nurses, and majority of these people are probably actors or whatever, um, firefighters, but this is like a really... Um, crucial time in in the United States history, right? So it's like one of those songs where, you know, September 11th happened, obviously. The next month we're shooting this video, or it might have been November too, actually, now I think about it. Um, So very recent stuff. So you guys know, like, people play that song in in choirs and your school plays and all that, or they used to at least. Um, So it was like a really good, good, good feeling song. And you know, there's a ton of people waiting on R. Kelly, and and he gets in the he gets in the ring, and 
you know, he's singing his, he's doing this thing, he's performing, and everybody's watching and participating how you are as an actor or, or whatever. So there was like two days of that, right? Just him going through rounds and them doing things over and over and over again. I'm just getting restless, and I'm like, when <laughs> is it my time, right? When is it my time? So like, at this time too, like I'm kind of like nervous, right? Like I'm getting like, oh shit, I'm about to meet R. Kelly. Um, I hope I don't mess up these lines. I I hope I do this right. I, I you know I still don't even know my lines. Honestly, I remember them just giving me what I'm going to do and say right before I actually do it because it wasn't much, right? So, um, this is the last thing that we shot during that. During the video, right? Like my my part was me walking up to the locker room for a second. He's getting ready for a fight, and there's a security guy there that asked me, "What do I want?" Right? And I'm like, "I want an autograph." Right? And the guy looked at me. He's like, "You ain't getting no autograph or something like that." And R. Kelly says in the back, "Yo, Big Slim." Big Slim is this fat dude, like, obviously, right? Like, only somebody to be called Big Slim is obviously some big, big fat dude. Like, he's standing there. He's security, right? And R. Kelly's like, hey, Big Slim, let the kid in, man. And then that's when I walk by him and I say, excuse me? Like, look at him like kind of a smart aleck, like, all right, yeah, R. Kelly just told me to, you know, to let me in. So I walk in. I look him up and down. I walk over to R. Kelly and he asks, what you want, kid? And I was like, I want an autograph. Right? And I remember going through this part a couple of times because he, he was, like, coaching me on, on how to ask and, and how to, to, to approach the situation. So we did it a few times, but I asked him, I said, I want an autograph. And he's like, oh, okay. So he takes it, fake writes the autograph. He, by the way, yeah, if you guys watch the video, you, I don't know if you guys are even going to be able to find it. And actually, I'm kind of pissed about that now, now that I found that YouTube took took uh, the video down because I had over like 90 million views on YouTube. I don't even understand. Like th- that's crazy. I, who do I talk to? <laughs> like, right. I, I need to talk to somebody cause I need my views. No, I'm just playing. But he, he, he uh, fake writes the autograph and he gives me the, the autograph back. And I'm like, thanks champ. And the one thing that I just distinctly remember about that situation. And you know they, they say that smell is the longest sense tied to memory. I just remember the smell of winter fresh gum. Right? Like it was just reeking of 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 winter fresh gum. Like he was chewing on it. And I just it's just one of those smells that I'm just like every time I like smell winter fresh, I remember that 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 time. It's weird. I don't know. So um so we shot the video, right? And they're like, we, did, we finished my part. And they're like, it's a wrap, right? The whole thing is done. Like, it was great. After, we're like taking pictures with just like the crew members and people that um, worked on, on set and everything. And it was really cool. I still have some of those pictures to this day. There were like actual real boxing trainers on the, on the set. So like, we're just messing around and, and kind of just, he's like, oh man, this kid can kind of, throw a punch or whatever, so-and-so. I never really... My mom wouldn't let me box. I remember I wanted to go boxing after that. She wouldn't, she wouldn't let me. Um, but it was really cool. And then after, I actually got the real autograph, right? So I forget who we asked, and 
we say, hey, can we go get an autograph? So now we go to, it was just me actually. I think the, like his manager or whoever came and got me and took me over to, to get his autograph. And obviously, like, if you guys are on these sets, like, people are in trailers, right? Like, he's in this big trailer. I go in, I get the autograph. He actually signs a picture of me um, from R. Kelly. Signs, a, signs, signs my headshot. Um, but that was the, the extent of, of, of it. Like, <laughs> I know every time people um, hear that, oh, you, you like met R. Kelly? Oh, what happened? Like, oh, what, uh, did, did, do you have a story do you want to tell? I'm like, yeah, I just told mine. That, that was it. It was nothing like um, what you guys wanted to be, but... Um, again, a wild time, man. You know, even then. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, it's not even over. So, so I shot the video October and November two thousand one. The following summer is when those initial sex tape allegations come out, right? So, in the midst of this video. Being out and number one on number one on um, one six and park and all that stuff. Now he's facing all of these 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 charges that he he went through in two thousand one, right? Where he was eventually acquitted or whatever. And it was wild because this song is is literally taking over the like he he did it at the I think the Olympics were somewhere in the United States that year. Uh, he performed it there again again feel good song. Um, I'm seeing myself on 106 in Park with with uh, Free and, and AJ at at number one, right? And you know everybody's like, "Oh my God, deny this, that, deny that." I'm like, "Yeah, man, you already know. You know, you already know how I do, man." So, um, but yeah, those allegations first come out, and I, as a kid, I don't know what to make of any of that. I just remember actually walking up and down on Devon, and you guys remember there used to be like newspaper, like. What do you call those vestibules or stands? The ones where you put a quarter in, you pull down the door, and then you get the the newspaper, right? I remember it being, and don't forget, our Kelly is, is from Chicago. I remember it just being, um, it just being plastered everywhere, right? The newspapers you can see through the the newspaper stand thing, and he his 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 face or whatever, and the sex tape allegations, right, and. I guess that was the beginning of the end for him, right? Obviously, he got off, but, I mean, look at, we're 20 years, we're in 2021 right now, and you're talking 20 years later when he obviously got away with that because if you guys, and I have to admit, yeah, I've I've seen the, the, the initial video, um, right? And then now with all of these women that came out and said that, you know, he's held them against their will and, and this, that, and the third, and, you know, abuse them, and they, they all have very similar stories, and because of that, that surviving R. Kelly doc, you know, he was obviously charged, and at this point, found guilty, federally, we're not talking, we're not talking state, state charges or anything like that, so, yeah, he's going to be doing some time, and um, some significant time, we don't know really what, what it's going to happen, but how do you guys feel about it, because, Obviously, it's the right thing um, for him to to be facing these consequences. But it's like, how much of his music did you guys listen to over that time period? <laughs> right? How much of his music do you guys still listen to? 
again, those numbers are saying that his music is up 500%. Right? So, like, are we complicit in all of this? Obviously not in his crimes, but just, like, furthering his... Do we feel bad about supporting his music, even though we knew kind of what was going on? I'll just leave you guys with that question, but um, what else about it? There is, oh, right, so now this is where it gets tricky. So, obviously, he's found guilty, and now he said that he's taken down other people that were involved in stuff that he was involved with, that he's essentially guilty of. And he's talking about famous people, too. So where do we, where, what do we uh, expect of that? Who's, who does he have in mind? Are they still relevant? Is it just one of those things where he may just say names just to say them and, and kind of smear, smear other people, even if they were involved, but maybe to a certain extent, maybe they did something behind, um, behind closed doors that he he may know of and and just to say it to, to really mess with people. So it's interesting to see who he may be able to expose and, and take down if if that actually happens. Who knows? It may not because maybe he's just it's just a cry cry out for help. But yeah, so R. Kelly guilty. Um he's probably gonna be doing I would say in the double digit time, like double digit years. My guess is like twenty. Who knows, though? And how is he going to survive in there? He's been in jail for, what, three years now? But who knows? We'll see. We shall see. Okay, no those. How are we feeling about Certified Lover Boy and Donda? Uh, just over a month later, right? I think they came out. Um, Donda came out. September 3rd, something like that. But it's just about a month that they both have been out. And obviously there was like this whole thing of the two biggest artists, I guess in this genre, dropping their albums and and Kanye and, and Drake. And people are kind of pinning the two albums against each other. When in the history of listening to two, these two artists have we ever compared the two? Right? Like... Kanye is a, in a class of his own. Right? He's given us the college dropout, the 808 and heartbreaks, the, the graduations, and just really revolutionized how, at least my generation, listened to music and, and what to expect when we were talking about our greats. And then you have Drake, on the other hand, that's like been relevant since, really relevant since 2010 ish, right? 2009, with So Far Gone and and obviously his, his numerous other projects in between then. But they're in two different categories, right? Like, even just listening to the album in, in Dondo, this is just a musically, much more musically inclined body of work. Like, you can listen to that album and just be like, regardless of what everybody else is saying, and like lyrics and all that, just musically, it's like a different level. And... That's what we expect from Kanye. Right? And I'll get into the deeper issue with, with them too. 
right? <laughs> the deeper issue with them. Because I think it's all ego-driven, right? So, like, you know, there was a whole bunch of, like, little petty stuff that, you know, obviously um, they were they were participating in. And it's been going on for a few years now, actually. But, again, Donda, much more musically, um, much more... Relevant musically, I do. I shouldn't even say relevant, but just more intricate. More, it's just a better body of work when you talk about music, right? So, if I love her, boy, isn't necessarily what I expected, being a Drake fan, but it's still eighteen new songs from Drake, seventeen or eighteen new songs from Drake. So, the album, the certified lover boy, you know, he gets the part in his hair. Heart part in his hair, the, the the uh, you know a bunch of promo. It's supposed to come out last year. Um, initially, I remember listening to it and be like, "Man, this is way too many features for me." Like, it's not what I was expecting, and I thought it was more of Drake kind of getting into his his. Uh, I'm I'm kind of like in love, or so and so. You know, he had things where you know he rented out the the Dodger Stadium, took some girl on a date. Right, like those are the type of things that a, a lover boy type of thing that somebody would do. But musically, still very good music from Drake. And I know a lot of people don't feel that strongly about it. And I don't truly about the album itself because I'm a guy that listens to like even if I'm a guy that listens to the entire project, right? Versus just one song and and like even if they have a Excuse me. If they have a single that comes up before, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it, the whole body of work, that single including it to, included into the body of work. So, again, I don't really love the album like I would love, you know, uh, a previous Drake album. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. But I don't love it as an album album, but the songs are, are great. Um, and then... So I wouldn't compare the two, like just listening to it. That's for like a casual person fan, but I wouldn't compare the two. The The thing with them, and I think I've talked about this before here, is that they have this this kind of Hollywood ego, I'm the best, and um, I'm going to take keep taking shots at you because Drake, <laughs> Drake has been terrorizing Kanye for a while now. Even on this album, like there's plenty of um shots going going in uh, Kanye's direction right and then what did Kanye Kanye, <laughs> Kanye um released Drake's address Kanye put out a diss track to Drake where he featured uh where no he actually did a diss track to Drake and then Drake released it on his radio station and it was just like this whole this whole petty stuff, but there's a bunch of smoke for Drake for Kanye on on CLB. Um, notable ones, obviously, seven a.m. on Bridal Path. You know when Drake starts to get into the seven a.m. on Bridal Path or the six p.m. in New York, like you know, what is it nine nine a.m. in Dallas type of things like that, like where he's just giving you bars and like, yeah, this is one of those that <laughs> that I really think is one of Drake's better 
better kind of like, oh, you're coming at me? Okay, I'm going to go to the booth and, and show you exactly why they say I am who I say I am. Let me see if I can get this thing connected real quick. Um, all right, boom. Let's go. Play a little bit of for you guys here. Already, yeah. just like. Oh. Go squad. Hey. Yes. One could tell me exactly what they need for me. The first second they speak to me, I'm not with all the secrets. Thing really be for me behind know. closed doors, but playing it peacefully for the streets to see my nigga have some decency. <laughs> Don't move like a puto. Could at least keep it a buck like Anthony Tacumpo. I'm made north of the border like Vito Rizzuto. Throwing parties in Miami, they loving us mucho. With the whole ratio, I'm like David Caruso. There's a mass shortage of people giving me kudos. I've been doing this since T-Pain was pouring us nouveau. You tell them I run the country, they'll say Trudeau. Poppy, Chulo, Grippin', Kulo. And I got the flows, yeah, niggas so still listen, like yeah, toes. You boys reaching uh, new lows. Call 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. That, that's on uh, Certified Level Board. But again, bigger picture-wise, those two albums do not need to be compared. They're both aging just fine. Um, and for you people that love to try to pin two to, uh, greats against each other, just stop. Let them, let them be who they are and let them, let them do what they, they do because they're better at it than you. Okay, no dolls. Have you guys seen the new Dave Chappelle special, The Closer? All right, who else can talk about trans people and the LGBT community and I guess really push the limits on it, but make it so digestible, right? So, you know, he's obviously a great storyteller and, and he starts off this special with talking kind of about the baby and how his controversial comments a, a few months back, a couple months back, um, kind of led to his downfall or somewhat downfall as a as a uh, performer and entertainer. While he was at, I think, uh, Rolling Loud in, in Miami or something, he had said some things that weren't so kosher to, to towards the uh, LGBT community. And Dave Chappelle kind of took that scenario and and was like. Listen, this is the same guy that actually killed somebody, right? And that didn't derail his career. But as soon as you hurt trans people's feelings is what did it for him. Hurt his career or uh, made him not look, made him not as likable, right? Like people are casting judgment on, on this guy, even though he killed somebody. And that didn't do anything good. To, to really hurt hurt him, but as soon as you mention um, stuff about <laughs> trans people and and the LGBT community, his, his uh, career hasn't been the same. And Dave goes on to talk about, and quite specifically about his dislike for how that community likes to play the victim. This is just what he's saying, right? So plays the victim, and then um. He has to, or we have to, kind of adjust to, to what they're feeling in order to, to make them comfortable. And at first, I'm like, okay, wow, this dude's kind of going in on this stuff, man. This is, this is pretty, uh, 
it's getting quite uncomfortable, right? But that's quite, that's what comedy is, right? They touch on on uncomfortable topics and kind of make sense of it, right? Break it down for for us less intellectual people, and then <clears throat> he he goes to kind of wrapping up the whole story and tells about how he has a friend, uh, uh, an up and coming comedian at the time. He had a friend, up-and-coming comedian, that he was kind of resistant to at first, but eventually came around and, and helped that person with their comedy career, and they became good friends, right? And um, one of his last specials, this trans person was defending Dave and saying that, hey, listen, um, there's nobody else that could do what he does. And even though I'm trans, I'm a part of this community. Um, he he has all good intentions, and he's like, you know what? I really appreciate that stuff. It was it was great to to be defended like that. It was very honorable. Um, and a few days later, that person that defended Dave ends up killing themselves, which was kind of the whole thing where he's like, I really lost a friend in this because. Because I had grown to like them and they defended me and, and um, it's unfair for you guys to try to ca- cancel me at, at this point when I've actually really made a difference in, in, in someone in that community's life, Posit- positive difference. And for you guys to continue to try to tear down black men, masculine black men, about their views, um, you're, really, you're really hurting hurting the cause more than you're helping it. And that's why a lot of people are turned off by it. But, um, yeah, so he that was kind of, I think I kind of did a good job summarizing that. Uh, watch it for yourself. Obviously, I'm not a comedian. And, I, and, I, <coughs> and I'm not Dave Chappelle. But, you know, he's, he's obviously getting a lot of backlash, right? And, and trans people are saying it's insensitive. Don't use this person's um, experience to, to validate your ignorance and this, that, and the third. And, Essentially trying to cancel him, but you can't cancel Dave Chappelle. Please stop, guys. Right? Like, stop it. Like, it's not going to happen. It's comedy. Don't listen to it. It's like funny. I remember I was dating this girl once, and we go to a, a comedy show. Andrew Schultz, actually. <laughs> that guy's well. And when we leave, she's like, I, I didn't like that. that was, I'm like, just laugh. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, it's really not that serious, but like, it's just jokes, laugh. So, um, what's come of this And this special has been out What five six days now Obviously Netflix is feeling the pressure And They are in a situation where they I believe they're pulling the special From Netflix which is really surprising Because You know he's had his back and forth With, with Netflix and and like Specifically his rights to the I believe the Chappelle show at one point And that he said, yo, man, pay me. You guys can't just have my my property on your platform and I'm getting pennies, right? I need my fair cut or I'm not doing another special, something like that. So he's been, he's had his little run-ins with them. And and I'm wondering if he, he kind of expected this because at the beginning of the the special, and I think that he he was under contract for like three or four specials, 
at the beginning of this last one, he said, "Hey, this will be one of my this will be my last special for a while." And I'm wondering if he knew that being so edgy in the in the in the stand-up special that Netflix wasn't going to have a choice but to pull it. And it would be a genius move because like he's he's uh He's complied with his contract with giving them the specials that he's supposed to. I don't think he 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 likes them very much. Now that now I'm really thinking about it, yeah, he respects them for for renegotiating his his Chappelle show stuff and all that at one point. But like, I think he he actually did this on purpose. He dug that deep because I when I heard him start talking about trans issues in, in the LGBT community, I was like, ooh. I felt like you, you've said enough about this over the last two, right? And it felt like he came in here with this intent to really, really keep on pushing. And I think it's left, I think it's left Netflix in a, in a tough position. I think he, he did this on purpose, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, his, he, I think he did this on purpose. Obligated his contract, kind of... It was kind of an F you to, to Netflix. Like, hey, listen, I did what I was supposed to do. You guys do what you're supposed to do with this content. And <laughs> it's on you guys now. Kind of genius. <laughs> now, now that I'm thinking about it. Interesting. But, yeah, it's uh, I think it's like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, it starts off slow. But I was kind of just like, what was I? I was doing some work and kind of listening to to it in the in the background and then finally I'm like oh my god this guy this guy's great and like it's such a great storyteller like really really paints the picture of what of what um the 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 points that he's trying to get across so yeah uh go check it out again it is the closer it's on oh I think it's on Netflix still I don't know if you can check it out but <laughs> I'm glad I saw it because it, it was interesting I'm sure you can find it somewhere online Rip it, do whatever you got to do. Bootleg it, whatever. Okay, no dolls. Did you guys see this the story about the 18 former NBA players who were indicted for allegedly trying to defraud the league's health care plan out of $4 million? Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's crazy because I saw this story and I looked at the list of players on there and I was like, I am not surprised by one of these names being on this list, right? Um, apparently they were putting in claims to to be reimbursed for like medical and dental services, right? That really had not even been given. And it's a $4 million, they, yeah, they submitted like $4 million or something like that in fraudulent stuff. So I saw the name, it was like, where are these names at? I, <laughs> there was Big Baby Davis on there. There was Darius Miles and... Just, I don't know. I don't know how or why these guys would do something like this. This just doesn't seem very smart, especially when, like, a Darius Miles, who's, who has a really big podcast, um, a lot of these guys have pretty good visibility um, in the, just in, like, the sports world. And $4 million amongst 18 of you guys, what do you, what'd you guys really get from this? All right? I'm sure, yeah, the, the, the contracts that you guys have gotten in your playing careers Probably haven't been the the greatest, but I don't know. There's plenty of ways to make money and defrauding this uh, 
this healthcare plan system for, for uh, fund for for NBA players. I, I didn't know that that was the the uh, the move. So yeah, I just I'm just trying to find the name of of some of these players. Let me see if I can find. Oh yeah, so Tony Allen, <laughs> uh, Jamario Moon. Do you guys remember him? He played for the the Cavs at some point. Um, Will Bynum, Shannon Brown, Allen Anderson, Terrence Williams, Antoine Wright, Sebastian Telfair is probably the one of the bigger names on there too. So very strange, very strange behavior. I don't know what these guys' fate's gonna be. Big Baby Davis just posted something online that said, "I have my day in court." So and so, kind of joking around the issue, like it's not what you guys really think it is. So and so, but my man, those that's federal charges. <laughs> yeah, so we'll uh, we'll we'll kind of pay attention to that and see how that plays out. What else do I have here? I'm gonna kind of wrap this up real soon because you know I'm gonna wrap it back up for you guys. Like I'm, you know, I just had to come out here and knock the dust off. Oh, Kyrie, Kyrie, how you doing, man? How's everything going? You're not you're not really involved. You're not really interested in getting that vaccine. I see. Kyrie's been a pretty popular dude on the show but um yeah Kyrie is anti-vax apparently and for him that means that he's not going to be able to play in Brooklyn home games or if they go to San Francisco at any point to play the Warriors or it might even be a California thing but yeah so that means that he's gonna have to miss at least 41 games and that would be the the 41 games in Brooklyn and essentially that is going to affect how far that team goes in the playoffs. Right? He's he's easily one of the top three point guards in the NBA. And for his personal beliefs and his research and all of these these weird things where like Jeff Van Gundy said the other day, like what are you guys doing? Are you guys talking about doing your own research? Like are you guys in a lab somewhere? Like with a code on, like, like basically shut up and go get the vaccine, which is the sentiment that I I feel too. Like, I've had the vaccine, I feel fine. I know everyone around me has had it, feel fine. Um, yeah, there there are some things out there that say that maybe the vaccine isn't necessary. But dude, you make, you, and he's he he makes a lot of money, right? They they actually ruled that if he doesn't play in those games, he's actually he, he's actually not going to get paid either. So, um, it depends. Like, what is his stance? Like his personal beliefs versus forty one million dollars he's willing to miss out on this year and potentially next year if if these rules stay in play. Um, so, Kyrie, I urge you to get the vaccine, or you know your your Brooklyn Nets are going home early in the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs obviously because they have Kevin Durant and and James Harden, but Kyrie, are you really willing to kind of lose out on an opportunity to get uh, another ring, which I know you want so bad <laughs> um, because of you not wanting to be vaccinated? And what does that do for your the locker room when you're missing half of the the season's games and then you're in and out of the locker room? And we know you're you're one of those guys that's little. Um, at least ball centric and and really makes it known to to your teammates that you're not happy in certain situations. How are you gonna 
are you going to be able to come in and just plug and play and, and act like everything is good and not mess with the chemistry of the team and stuff like that? So it'll be interesting, Kyrie. So, but I think that you should get the vaccine um, because <laughs> somebody else is going to have those minutes. All right. So last thing. Oh, look at the Bulls, guys. Have you guys seen the Bulls recently? They look kind of decent. I think they did two preseason games. They've won by like 79 points. They have a nice little flow, athletic, up and down. Um, new members are Caruso, DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, to name a few. I'm interested. I'm back to being a Bulls fan. I, I've said this to you guys, right? Obviously, I'm a, I'm a bigger LeBron fan than anything, but I'm back to, to having the hometown Bulls as as – my go-to team, and, and this started last year too, so don't think that I'm just kind of jumping back on right away. I've been, I rock, I rock with them last year because I saw they were trending in the right direction, but um, again, back in Chicago, so you know, I'll probably get to a couple games, make sure I check them out and, and kind of go from there, but for me guys, I think that that's all I got for you guys today. I, You know, I just have to come back and, and, and let you guys know that I have not forgot about you guys. I'm, I'm still here, um, and I and I will continue to be here um, again. Thank you guys for listening. You know, this is your, your boy, Deny, Don't Deny, Wilson, uh, the greatest thing is in the podcast. We will talk to you soon.